listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I am delighted to be here, Jeff. You? I'm doing really well. Nice. Uh, Look, you know, um, I'm always excited on this show when we um when we get to uh tackle a topic that maybe uh, is wrapped up in a bit of fear and uncertainty for a lot of our listeners i think if we can you know shine a light on some of those places uh in manufacturing marketing and uh and take away some of the confusion um uh then i just think it opens up the door to success for a lot of people so that's uh, today's show has me uh, has me stoked about that yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a, a topic that has come up a, a number of times uh, on the show over the past couple of seasons, and really, it's rarely in a positive light. So I, I think it, uh, you know, it, it speaks to uh, to what our guest has done and the and the work that they're doing um, to truly take advantage of a of a channel that is that is often, uh, as you say, you know, a bit of a a bit of a, a uh, you know a Cave of Snakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like spoil, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. We're talking about Amazon and we're not going to um we're not going to complain about how much money Jeff Bezos makes or how little taxes he pays or how you know it could be the the death of local retail. We'll save all of that debate for another day. Today we're just going to talk about how manufacturers who are scared as hell about selling on Amazon. They don't know what to do. Um, we're going to put them in direct contact with a pro who is doing it uh, all day, every day. Absolutely. So joining us today is Melissa Monteith. Melissa is the channel marketing leader for the retail industry at Fluke. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Melissa. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Well, Melissa, uh, thank you for joining the show, and um, and and I'm just so excited to have you here. Um, I guess uh, for those who maybe uh, where Fluke isn't a household name uh, for some, let's say uh, for for those that don't know who Fluke is, maybe let's introduce the the firm and your role there just a little bit, if you would. Sure. So uh, Fluke uh, has been around for about seventy plus years. Um, we're out of the uh, north of Seattle area called Everett, Washington. Uh, we are the manufacturer and seller of world-class test and measurement equipment. Um, and we manufacture both in the United States and overseas. Um, we sell all over the world. Um, we have manufacturing centers also in the UK and uh, Netherlands as well. And we service over 100 count- uh, countries. And uh, yeah, we our applications are for all industrial electronic uh, service installation and maintenance, electrical and temperature, HVAC, indoor air quality, calibration, but we have biomedical and we have networks also. So we service a lot of different customers out in the world to keep the world up and running. Very cool. And, uh, and, and, and uh, I know that Jeff introduced your title, but maybe tell us a bit about what you uh, actually do. Sure. Yeah, I forgot that part. Um, So uh, more than just the, I guess, explorer of Cave of Snakes, I guess is what you called it. Um, I am the retail channel leader of uh, uh, Fluke and the, uh, so channel marketing is basically my role, but I am also the lead for that channel to help be more strategic, uh, open up doors, uh, explore opportunities for scalability, 
Um, I service uh, Amazon as well as uh, Lowe's uh, Corporation also. So yeah, I, uh, I'm helping to explore different ways to scale the retail industry for Flute to get our products in front of the customers that need us most. I'm guessing too, Melissa, that uh, this has become an even more important strategy since the pandemic, eh? Yeah, yeah. So uh, last year we had this little thing called COVID, right, hit. Um, and we all were set home. Uh, most of our branches, we are a highly distributed company um, into the electrical channel where most are branch operated. Um, and with the branches closing, people working from home, uh, it was really important for us to ensure that our online capabilities and our products were available to those who could uh, purchase online. Uh, mostly, uh, it are all of our salespeople. We are very. We have a strong sales force out in the field. They were all kind of stuck at home as well, and uh, we needed to find new ways to get them to be able to leverage um, information about our tools to get to the customers that needed it most. So even though we were obviously set home uh, to work, uh, a lot of our customers were still working out in the field. Um, they still had a job to do. They still had to keep some manufacturing open. Um, they still had to get, you know, electricity and network to where it needed to be. So uh, in order to do that, with our branches shut down, we really pushed forward on the uh, um, our online digital shelves, which mostly was Amazon, obviously. Also, Fluke.com offers um, a wide selection of our products as well. And uh, I, I mean, I know a lot of people look at their opportunity in the in that, and that more of the buyers are online than ever before. But I'm I'm certain that it was also a time when more competition is online than ever before. Um, so, how has that experience been? Uh, have you seen a an uptick in effectiveness of the programs over the pandemic, or has it been more challenging to compete? Yeah, that's a good question. So. Uh when we obviously were all sent home last year and manufacturing took a big hit, um, we actually lost a ton of budget across. I mean, everybody did. We all felt the pains, you know, people were out of work. Um, shipping was almost shut down. Manufacturing across overseas was shut down. So uh, we actually took a big hit in our ability to market to our customers. Uh, we took a really good look, hard look at our um, advertising opportunities online. Um, our availability of inventory online, which was, it was low everywhere because at that point, uh, once um, COVID hit, what went really, what went really well for people were like the fever screening tools, uh, right? Everybody wanted a fever screening tool and Fluke happens to make a temperature gun, um, mostly used in the HVAC world. Um, but for whatever reason, we sold out of them within weeks on Amazon because people just wanted a temp gun. Um, and so they were buying our temp guns, which are not cleared for FDA approval. And they have an accuracy rating of like, I want to say five degrees. So it was like not probably great for measuring your kids' temperatures at home. Um, so we, we found a lot of those kind of crazy behaviors online where um, all of our you know products that were more focused or potentially could be perceived as temperature readings, they were selling. And then all of our other products were kind of just either just diminishing inventory um, and then we had no budget. So we had to figure out how to strategically place our budgets to where we weren't putting money towards temp guns. Like we weren't really focusing on there because we didn't want to lead our customers to purchase items that weren't for the use of measuring fever screening. Um, so I automatically turned all of those campaigns off. You know, we started focusing on the items that 
the R competition, um, which I mean, not to sound uh, egotistical, but Fluke is the premier brand of digital uh, multimeters and clamp meters. We have a lot of competition out there, but everybody was feeling the same pain we were. Um, and our, as long as we held our brand, um, held on to our brand on Amazon, we actually maintained really, really high returns. We were up close to 30 to one returns um, just by focusing on keeping our brand corner, just keeping that part of the market letting go with some of the other stuff of uh, peripheral kind of sales. Um, and so we were able to kind of just focus, dig our heels in on our brand, and we were able to maintain on, on uh, Amazon really, really well until the um, opportunity to send more product to Amazon, because they actually shut down some of our non-essential uh, products to Amazon for about two months. It's a really a time of, um, of focus for you. Uh, my job <laughs> or just uh... no it's just a, a it's, it was really a time of focus for for the brand oh, overall absolutely. to really um uh, focus in on 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 a, th those core brand uh, uh core brand category within amazon and not kind of get too uh, distracted especially right. with the restriction and budget absolutely i think it was a time for us i also tell everybody that i feel like it was a blessing and a curse covid it allowed us to really get back to what matters most and to fluke it's the customer really understanding what our customer needs from us at that time um everybody's you know a lot of companies are really about the bottom line um and the one thing at fluke has always been number one is that the customer is our focus so when COVID hit we realized we did a lot of studies and understanding of how it was impacting each of our customers to understand what they needed from us most and what seemed to be the most impactful was just connection um, so we reached out to our customers. We got information from them. We knew what how they needed to be sold, needed meaning like uh, what information they needed to have in front of them to make the right decisions. Since they weren't going to be able to get in front of a, a speaking person at a branch per se, so we got really we dug our heels into doing more digital assets, getting more education to our customers, more webinars. More we've done more webinars in the last year than I think we've done there in the four years that I've been at Fluke. So it's just, it was amazing to kind of see us get back to what Fluke was all about from the very, very beginning, which is about the customer, understanding their pain points, what they need from us today. And we, our engineering team got involved. We, they started working towards a human temperature screening gun. We worked towards developing a uh, thermal imaging camera that was for, uh, to take pictures of the whole face uh, for corporations that were bringing customer or their employees back into their buildings. Um, we just started to figure out what else could Fluke be doing more of. We worked on uh, donating masks. So we used some of our materials that were left over from other parts of the organization and we developed masks for local hospitals um, and the face shields um, for local areas. So we really just got back to square one, which is was actually super impactful for me as an employee to see where we were kind of getting lost in the whole meeting goal, meeting goal, you know, KPI, everyone has all these things they're trying to hit. Um, and at that moment, we just like realized that's not important. What's important is made, making sure that we're see, meeting the customer where they're shopping, meeting the customer where they need it, um, getting them the ability to still get the tools they need um, and the information they need even though they're stuck at home or in a situation where they're, uh, you know, being in a full mask gear. Uh, PPE is more important than ever. The cleaning of our tools is more important than ever. Sanitation, all that stuff. We just realized that we need to kind of shift focus 
uh, and really pay attention to what they need most from us, which is connection. And in understanding that, I mean, uh, uh, I guess I'm, I'm, I'd like to kind of understand a bit more of those additional sales tools that you introduced there that you really felt that help. I understand that webinars are certainly a big part of it. I think uh, there's a lot of marketers out there that never thought they would do as many webinars as they ended up doing in 2020. Um, uh, so, but I'm curious, what else, uh, what, what else was on that shelf? Sure. Uh, we also, you know, most of our trade shows move to more of a uh, virtual trade show. Um, we're even doing them today still. We just had a Granger show pass that was virtual. Um, just it's a whole different feeling of, you know, being in person on a trade show. NECA is one of our biggest trade shows It's um, for the National Electrical Contractors. Um, and to not have that connection with our, you know, our apprentices, the people who are out doing the work, the electricians, the HVAC techs, um, just not be able to talk to them and like kind of not only get to know them as a person, but also get to know them as like what they do for a living. Um, and then understand that some of the most inconvenient things can be solved in such simplest ways. So we went to a virtual trade show, which uh, to be completely honest, I, I don't think anybody has found it to be completely fulfilling that again, human connection is just not there. Um, and people are just coming to see, but you don't get the chashkis, you don't get like the, the free drinks, you don't get any of that stuff at a virtual trade show. Uh, but we're looking so forward to kind of keeping that connection in a virtual way so they can get the information they need, um, but also looking forward to the day where we're back in person so we can get back into getting to know the customer better. Um, so that's another part that we've kind of shifted to. Um, we've also, uh, created these vertical brochures, uh, which have been really impactful for Fluke uh, over the past, uh, I don't know, I want to say almost 15 years we've been creating these things, but they're more of like a brochure that show different parts of workflows that our tools can actually help with and different tools help with different workflows, right? We have troubleshooting tools, we have calibration tools, we have different like routine maintenance tools. And just to see like, this is your job. Like it's a, it's an illustration of the work you are in. Um, and it shows that our tools can be used in all different parts of it and how your one tool that you might have, a DMM, a digital multimeter, can actually be used in various parts of your workflow that you may not realize, um, but also opens the doors to potentially widening your breadth of tools. Uh, potentially you might need a power logger or you know a vibration monitor, whatever that tool is, like we have it all here for you. And Fluke has moved into a stage of rebranding for one Fluke, where we're combining a lot of our um, brands together to be a one-stop shop for our customers. Because we realize that a lot of our customers work in different aspects where they might need a, a networks tool and they might need a calibration tool and they need a you know industrial DMM or a clamp meter. And so we're, we're doing a really good focus of pulling all of that in to get the customer exactly what they need, which is like one person to speak to about everything they need. Um, so those, those uh, virtual brochures and ended up being a huge sales tool because we moved them to more of a online PDF. And then we're even shifting to more of a virtual aspect of the virtual brochure of the, um, of the vertical brochure where they can actually click on different things and it'll tell them how they'll use that tool in that workflow. So it's really just about educating the customer, giving everything they need at a single touch. Like they can go online, they can go to this website, they can click on this. Um, we even have 
our branches and our distributors giving this information out and using them as sales tools as well. So there's a lot of really, really great things that are happening inside Fluke. We're just trying to get closer to the customer, giving them the information they need, when they need it, where they need it. Got a, <clears throat> a couple of questions about that, that, that. You know what you just said really kind of helped surface in my mind. Um, you know, in terms of that kind of new content that you're using to sell, and we we've often thought that you know manufacturers who sell to you know in a B two B relationship with someone like an electrician or a, a contractor, it, although it is a B2B sale, sometimes it acts a little more B2C-ish because you're you know, selling more to individuals than to companies. And then, you know, these, these folks are, are difficult to target you know, as, as a group. But do you think the fact that uh, a lot of those um, independent operators and electricians are, are more like that makes Amazon an even more appealing channel to them? And I guess the second part of that is how are you leveraging kind of your content on, on the Fluke site and integrating it with the Amazon experience? Yeah, so, you know, retail offers uh, Fluke the opportunity to access the largest pool of customers across any of the business channels. It really is. Um, Amazon, while a lot of people are very... Uh, they're kind of iffy with it. They're not as scared of it, or they just don't like the perception that Amazon is growing too big, too fast. And um, maybe their own shopping experiences on Amazon are kind of making them a little sour to the Amazon world. Um, but we realize that by not looking at Amazon, we would be shutting off the doors, the access to our products um, to the largest pool of customers. And it's not even about potentially stealing customers away from our other um, distributors at all. Um, it's about meeting the customers where they are. And if a customer is, you know, solely dependent on a, say a gray bar or a Granger, like they're going to keep going back to them because that's where they have their relationships. They have something that Amazon cannot offer, which is that personal relationship. You can't get that from Amazon. Like Amazon can't be there to say, oh yeah, let me help school you on this. Let me, that's not what you need. You need this. So Amazon's there to tell you, buy, buy this, please buy this. You know, they're, they're just there to literally just be that place that you can, you can learn if the manufacturer provides the right information to the customer, but really it's just about, it's there. It can get to you in two days. Um, and it's offering a pretty competitive price, if not the best price, because that's what Amazon is best known for. They will scour the internet looking for the lowest price and they'll beat it. Um, and so they also offer the opportunity for multiple sellers to sell your product. So it's not just us selling our products on Amazon, it's um, tea equipment. It's, it could be anybody, it could be Joe's toy shop could be selling our DMM. Um, we wanna know who Joe's toy shop is as a manufacturer, but they can sell it as well. So whether it's, online or in big box retail, our products are more available to discover and interact with because of retail, because of this opportunity this channel offers. And the best part about Amazon is that it really is a self-serve. It's whatever you want it to be on that product display page. So what we do is really just build a foundational um, product display page. That's the first thing you can do to set off the Amazon flywheel is really just build really good content, have really good information, have a really good product title. Um, 
all of your uh, bullet points need to be on point to what the customer is looking for for your product. And then you need images. You need like a beauty shot, a hero shot, an application shot, a video is super impactful to a customer who doesn't necessarily know what your tool is or does. Um, especially in the world of test and measurement, I am not an electrician. <laughs> I am not a engineer by any sorts. Um, I am a true and um, proud marketer. That's what I do. Um, but in order to be a really impactful marketer, I need to understand what my tools do for my customers. And so if I don't understand what my tools do, the customer is not going to know what the tools do. So the first thing I do is really just understand what are all these buttons? Like, what do they do? And not only what they do, like, what's it solving for the customer? And then I put that on the product display page. I put it in my words uh, so that anybody can go upon my page and say, yeah, I get what this tool does. It matters to me. This is exactly what I need. Um, and then you build out what's called enhanced content, which is on the bottom part of the page. It's the bottom fold of the page. Um, it's open to uh, any uh, seller on Amazon. Well, I should say that it's actually open to the manufacturer on Amazon, but the sellers have an opportunity if they have their own manufacturing page that they can create their own, but it really belongs to me. I own my A plus content for my, my products. So what I do is really build really strong content, um, get really good images, people using the tool. People tend to really get a lot of use out of people, seeing other people use a tool. That's actually the number one seller is if an electrician sees another electrician using a tool on the site and they're like, what is that? Like, I've never seen it before. What does it do? How does it make your job better? And that's what sells the tool. So I try to do the same on my page by really building up the enough content that it builds search optimization. The more content you have on your page, the better your uh, tools will show up in search when customers are searching for it. And then that's really your foundation for selling on Amazon. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. I would be curious, because you mentioned a lot of, uh, uh, indeed, there's a, a number of other people that would be selling your products uh, on Amazon yeah. as well. Um, how often do, does your uh, great content, your great product descriptions, et cetera, great titles, headlines, how often do they get ripped off? Uh, so if a, say, a third party decides to create a new product, what's called an ASIN, which is an Amazon number like a, they create a new amazon item that's already created like i have it but then they create one themselves just so that they can control the content or control what's called the buy box so they get credit for the sale um when we get notification of that we actually as a manufacturer can control that and we can actually pull their asin their item number under ours so they can't actually own the page that's all about your brand registry you have to do a really good job of scouring to make sure nobody's stealing your brand um, and make sure that nobody is like ripping off your images. Um, oftentimes, you know, uh, this is like an Amazon thing. They have like an algorithm that runs in the background to kind of try to clean up information or combine third parties and, and 
potentially Chinese knockoffs. They try to like do all that stuff in the background to clean up a lot of that catalog. And what happens is sometimes their pictures become our pictures. And often we'll be like, oh, that's not our picture or that's not the right picture. We can fix all that. But it's really just staying on top of your catalog. That's the most important thing is just paying attention to what you have, making sure that you're watching your information. The information, they don't really like the data and product titles. That stuff doesn't really change because of what happens with third parties. But images do happen to sometimes merge because the image library is very vast. But it's really just important to stay on top of who your third parties are that are selling your products. Um, the it, It's really tough because we have a map policy at Fluke where we have to adhere, or our distributors have to adhere to a, you know, a minimum advertised pricing of our products. And so when we do see those violations happen, it's primarily due to a third party that's unauthorized. Um, we have done a really good job of combating our unauthorized resellers on Amazon, which I think is part of the big scary, <laughs> the big scare, uh, part of the snake issue in the cave. Um, it absolutely is. It's, manufacturers. Uh, yeah, it's, it's super scary to kind of not feel like you can control your brand. Um, and that's why it's really important to register your brand with, with Amazon and really build that relationship with your vendor manager at Amazon so that when things do happen, you have a case and it can get solved pretty, pretty quickly. Um, but we, we go after our third parties all the time for um, either a potential of fraud or counterfeit. We also have the pricing issue. So we have people that go after them for that and they do a really good job. But sometimes people are very... Uh, incognito um they hide uh and they're most likely selling out of the garage or outside of uh, out the back of a truck uh but we do our best we can do and that's all we can it, it's it's tough to kind of get a hundred percent there but we're pretty close and if you don't mind my asking is that a, an effort that you resource internally with the legal team or is that something that you also uh, maybe have outsourced assistance on from an investigative perspective uh, yeah, currently it's all internal. We have a great legal team at Fluke. Um, we have a lot of really involved people as far as brand goes. Um, so they're they're highly connected with it. And not only that, but I'm also very connected to the brand registry. So even though I'm not the legal, I still, even as a channel marketer, I can go in and file a case to get it fixed. So it's not, they don't have, it doesn't have to be you, you know, paying somebody $500 an hour to go fight this. It's, you can just do it yourself. As long as your brand is registered with Fluke, um, you can actually go after that. And we've had issues where we have a brand called Pomona um, Electronics that recently we found out that our brand store was, it was going to a Pomona's Organic Juices which is definitely not what the customer is looking for. They're looking for, you know, alligator clips and test leads. And, and when you click on it, it goes to juice. Um, so we had to, it took a while to fight that one a little bit because they also own Pomona as a brand. Um, so we had to just be creative with the whole, uh, that Pomona electronics versus Pomona juices. Um, but so that happens and it, you just kind of figure it out. Um, and then you build, once you have that all solved, then you can just kind of go off and running. And, and Melissa, I mean, you said it quite right. I mean, the, losing control of the brand is one of the big concerns that people have. And uh, I really, uh, you know, I thank you for kind of sh shining a bit of a light onto, uh, you know, the fact that that is something that's manageable and it's not uh, maybe something you have to be scared of. You can certainly work through it. I'd be curious, um, what challenges uh, would you 
put out there other than the brand control, if you will, in terms of the, the top uh, two or three um, main challenges when selling on Amazon? Oh, um, that's a tough one. So there are a lot of challenges in selling on Amazon. A lot of them are pretty contractual related, which I don't typically get involved with. So I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole per se. Um, but I would say just the challenges with Amazon is that it can grow very, very fast if you don't pay attention to it. And your team could uh, potentially either have to scale with it or be a very lean organization like we are. We uh, we at Fluke, are, we, we're kind of lean in that respect. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say the biggest challenge with Amazon is that it can grow super, super fast without even looking at it. It's almost like a set it and forget it is what I tend to say with a lot of what uh, Amazon offers, especially with our products, which have a lot longer kind of buying cycle. We do have some transactional products, but we have some products that also take a while to convert and if you don't pay attention, your your budget could be blown in a day or it could potentially take 30 days to go through your budget. So that's kind of the challenge of Amazon is that it's really about you you get out of it what you put into it. So if you really do a really good job of setting up your foundational PDP page and you do a really good job of getting really consistent brand messaging on your A plus content, you do a brand store, you do all those things right you could potentially like scale very, very, very fast, very quickly. Um, so be ready with your supply chain because we have run into that situation, <laughs> especially recently with COVID, right? Everything's out in the Pacific Ocean right now. Um, so supply chain can be a, a tough one to kind of uh, watch for. I would say you have to watch your inventory levels because if you do PPC uh, on Amazon, um, and you don't watch your inventory levels, you could be potentially paying for somebody else's sale. Um, and then there's a the whole buy box situation, which we watch very, very closely. But if somebody, a third party comes out of nowhere offering a brand new tool for half the price, they're going to win the buy box every time. Um, and those are the kind of guys that you want to watch out for, especially if you find out they have a lot of inventory of that product, then it's potentially a a, a, like a stolen situation or potentially somebody, you know, being not really having inventory. They're just saying they have inventory. So there's a lot of different things there. There's FBA. FBA is a huge challenge for us at Fluke. Uh, so FBA is fulfilled by Amazon. So any third party that chooses to be an FBA um, is a challenge for us because in the past, if somebody were, say, violating MAP, uh, or violating our price policy by half, you know, 50%, we would buy that inventory because we could trace that product back to the original seller and then really go after the distributor who's selling to an unauthorized seller or potentially we found people were stealing stuff. So those things have happened in the past. With FBA, that inventory is commingled. So when that happens, they're like the third party FBA is commingled with our inventory. So there's literally no way for us to decipher what's ours and or, or Amazon to decipher what's ours and what's theirs. So it's literally, we could be sent our own product or we could be sent their product. And if there's multiple FBA sellers, forget it because you'll never be able to tell who got what. So it, that's like one of the biggest challenges with Amazon. So how do you mitigate that? What do you, what do you do? Um, 
if you have ideas, please let us know. <laughs> it's a tough one. Yeah, I, it's really, I think the best thing to do at that point is really just going back to stage one, which is uh, working out a deal with our distributors to actually work with authorized resellers, actually really just getting more information about who they're selling to. And if they, you know, if they're working with resellers, let's get those resellers on a list. Let's let's make them a partner of flukes. Let's let's understand who they are so that we get less and less unauthorized resellers. That bucket just becomes smaller. So less of a worry. Um, and that's really just goes back to relationships. Um, so we just have to do a better job of really getting in contact with our distributors, letting them be allowed to sell to to authorized resellers, getting their information, and then making that pool of, of sketchy people a little smaller. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We're going to yeah. make the sketchy people pool just a touch smaller. Just a touch can. smaller. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> it's a good goal more broadly, I think, if we can get there. Sketchy people, caves of snakes. It's, it's this is a, metaphors. <laughs> I mean, retail's been called worse. Yeah, We're <laughs> a firefighter group over here, for sure. I was going to ask you what you thought the biggest opportunity was with Amazon, but I think you almost uh, disclosed that with the biggest challenge, which is it can scale very quickly. Uh, it's both a blessing and a curse, I would guess. Um, uh, are there any other kind of uh, uh, nice surprises that you've uh, discovered along the way? I, I so yeah, that's a it's an easy is it's, it's a good question. I would say. The only untapped opportunity that I would look into, uh, Fluke has had some challenges there, but we do have a Fluke Networks that does play in this field, is to do dropship with Fluke or with Amazon. Um, <clears throat> any opportunity you, as a manufacturer, have the chance to dropship to customers via Amazon or via Lowe's or via wherever, uh, you should do it. Um, there obviously are some supply chain issues to work through, some contractual stuff, money, all that stuff for certain. That stuff aside, um, any chance that you have to drop ship is the best because it gets you connected to the customer even more, even closer than you can with Amazon. So currently, as a vendor of Amazon, as a manufacturer, we have no information about who our customer is on that side. We lose all, all opportunity to know who our customer is through Amazon. But as their dropship, you get their information, you get where they live, you get all or everything you can. You have the opportunity to put more information in the box about shopping at Fluke or, you know, get more information from Fluke.com, that sort of stuff. Like that's going to be super impactful for you as a business, even especially, I would say, if you're a smaller business or a smaller manufacturer, um, the more opportunity you can get customers to know who you are as a manufacturer outside of Amazon, the better. I've um, ordered products and you may have also where um, you go to Amazon because it's convenient, because it's an app on your phone. And then that ends up being a dropship, which I don't see as a customer, right? But then I get emails from the manufacturer that say, hey, if you shop from us, if you help save us money by shopping directly with us, it costs you exactly the same. You might have to wait two more days, but it's it's a better, I guess, for the for the company to save money via in, versus shopping through Amazon. So it's a better connection with the company, so that you actually can understand who who you're buying from 
for the for the why, not the what. Like I want to buy from this company because they do good things for this, not because they sell this. And I think that's what Fluke should do more of because we want our customers, apprentices, all the way to you know the um, journeymen and supervisors, whoever that person is, we want them to know why Fluke does what they do, not what they sell. And I think often we get stuck as like the meter company or Fluke is great because my teacher told me so. Really, it's great because it's safe. It's a, it's a super, super safe product that we put a lot of effort into ensuring that our customers are not getting hurt on the job site. We do everything in our power to do that. So I think the more connection we can make to the customer and you can make to your customer, the better. That dropship tip is, uh, I think, a great way. And to, like you say, uh, for for smaller manufacturers who may be looking to leverage uh, Amazon for brand discovery or what have you, uh, that's a, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, it, it really, you know, it allows you to circumvent the, the main issue that a lot of people have with Amazon, which is not getting the customer information. You know, I mean, that that's that's brilliant. Love it. Well, Melissa, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, I knew that we were we would start talking about Amazon before you know it. Uh, the time would be up, and and here we are. So, uh, I think we're going to have to bring you on for yet another episode here soon. But uh, uh, I want to thank you uh, for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure for me. Also, I appreciate the new title. I'm going to actually put that on my. Uh, Cave of Snakes. I'm going to put that somewhere in my title. I definitely need that added because that for sure sums it up. I think, should, I think we should need an accompanying illustration as well. There you go. Absolutely. With, with Indiana Jones. <laughs> yep. I'll definitely give you credit for that too. <laughs> Very good. Thanks a lot. All the best. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.